Welcome to the Work Hard, Play Hard podcast. My name is Rob Murgatroyd, and I am a former doctor turned lifestyle entrepreneur. Each week, I interview some of the best minds on the planet on the science of achievement and the art of fulfillment. Today's episode is a mini-sode that we call Fried Dates with the Wife. In these mini-sodes, my wife Kim and I deconstruct the strategies that we've developed over the last decade to not only grow personally, but to turn our struggles into lessons and create fulfillment in all areas of our lives. Excuses are over. It's time to live. Let's dig into today's topic. Well, happy Friday date to you, my lovely wife. Happy Friday, my favorite day of the week. So here we are. I've got no notes. I've got no whiteboard telling me what we're doing right now. And yet here you are with a microphone and I feel a little bit under the gun. Can you explain to me what we're doing? (laughs) Sure. If anyone knows my hubby or would like to know a little bit inside of this uh, circus we call a brain, he is a certainty junkie. And so him doing a podcast right now without any direction is like his nightmare. So I'm going to make it easy for you. Here's what I did. I went out on social media. I asked people what they would like us to talk about, what topics, what questions they had for us. That's what we're going to do. I haven't really looked at them. You definitely haven't looked at them. And we're just going to go in blind. All right. Let's get cracking. The first one should be pretty easy for you. Carly wants to know what play hard is. Well, look, you are supposed to crush it, but you got to have some balance. So for me to answer the question, play hard is lots of different areas. It's anything outside of business. So it would be my body, how I'm working out, what kind of fuel I'm putting into it. Um, spirituality, what kind of meditation practice do I have or yoga practice? Mindset, what seminars am I going to? What books am I reading? What courses am I taking? Time with the kids, hobbies. I like to DJ. Yeah, I do. I like to DJ. I want to learn surfing. So anything that fills my soul, anything that is calling me to do that's outside of work. I love that. Okay. How do you play hard with a kid? And this is from Ryan. So let me put it in context. This was actually a phone call I did with someone that he asked me that question. And the context is, let's say you want to travel, you want to have these hobbies, you want to go out and do these big trips and things. How do you do that when you have kids? I think that you have to make time. You know, A lot of people, they have work and then they have family. And they don't do anything outside of that for their relationship. They aren't doing consistent date nights. They aren't doing things for themselves. I know it took me a while to get back into the mommy mojo and not just make my life 100% about my kid. So I had to get back and fill my own cup so I was a better mom. Does that ring true for you? Yeah. So I mean, I, I guess the question is, do you take your kid with you to play hard? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to reframe his question because I think that may be one of the questions that he's asking. And I think the answer to that question is, yeah, you take your kid with you. And then, you know, then the question, I'm sure that if you were here right now, would be the second part of that question, which is, well, but I want to take a vacation with my wife. Yeah, I think the answer is you just split it up. And you just have, you know, maybe a percentage of your vacation is spent um, with the kid in the morning, and maybe at night you get a sitter and and you go out with the wife at night. But I think the point is that for some reason or another, we believe that we have to separate the kids entirely 
from activities that are not, quote, kid activities. And I don't think that's the case because, you know, we've almost filled our three-year-old's passport because she's been with us everywhere. And what you wind up raising is you wind up raising a kid that knows how to interact with adults and be around adults. And, and she becomes more socially conscious, globally conscious, et cetera. So that's, that's how I'd answer that. Okay. All right. So how do we compromise when we're both strong-willed people? And that is from my friend, Gemma. Well, Gemma, if you were around us, you would see that that's not always the easiest thing to do. But I will tell you this. We learn from our mistakes. I think that is our gift. We will go at each other when we're butting heads and we're not willing to compromise because the two of us are just stuck in whatever it is that we're stuck in. But the difference is that one of us will always look at the other one upon cool reflection and say, hey, I thought about what happened last night. It's always, it's always last night, right? I thought about what <laughs> happened last night. And here's where I think I made my mistake. Here's the lesson that I learned from it. Then the other person will say the same thing. And what we don't have happen very often is that mistake repeating over and over again. There is an area of our life where we do compromise and that is we ask each other on a scale of one to 10, how important is this for you? And if the person says this is a 10 for me, then the other one just automatically has to acquiesce and give it to the other person. We really don't give a shit for the most part about being right. We really are more interested in having a great relationship and working together on accomplishing whatever next buoy that we're swimming to. And so often the disagreements will be about the nature of how we're going to swim to that next buoy as a couple. Hey, I think we should do it this way. More artistic and creative differences than they are actually arguments. And very often, look, I'm not your therapist here, right? But very often these arguments that you have have very, very little to do with the actual subject. And there's more subtext going on in your life and in your marriage with each other that really needs to be dealt with. So when you, when you find out that, you know, you're trying to compromise here and trying to compromise there and you seem like you can't get there, see, is there another area of your life that maybe you guys are missing? That, that's how I would handle that. Yeah. I love that advice. Okay. And that brings us into the next one from Natalia, which is how do you work together and not kill each other? We do a lot of personal growth and development. For example, you know, we've talked about the strength finder test and we each took it. And so we have like concrete proof of each other's strengths and weaknesses. So it's really easy when we sit in a conversation about the next goal, the next buoy, like he says, that we're going to swim to. So now if I go anything related to a system, Rob puts in place. Anything related to strategy, I put in place. Once you know each other's legit strengths and weaknesses and where they're talented, you can play to those and accept the weaknesses and be able to move on faster. All right. So I hope that helps. What is the next question? All right. Next question is from our friend, Rob Thomas. How do you give 100% to your primary income source, your side hustle, and everything else for three to five years while you're going to build freedom? It's a great question. And I am in the midst of doing it right now. I don't know that I have an amazing answer for you, except you give 100% to both things at the same time. And the truth is that if you want to exit one business and get into another business, then you have to do the work to exit one business and do the work to start another one. That's the overall answer. To give you a more practical answer, 
I think that you have to have a slow titration out of your primary business and have systems set up that will function in your primary business in your stead and slowly start exiting the business. And it's a dance. If you exit the business too fast, then you are required to go back in and you're almost like you're working more than you ever have before because you you were gone for the last six days. If you exit too slow, those systems won't have time to be created because you'll be fixing things all the time in the business. So slowly exit out of the business, maybe go from five days a week to four days a week to three days a week to two days a week, forcing and relying on systems and perhaps even a manager in the case of someone that owns their own business to be able to do it. I can't really speak to an entrepreneur because I've never been one where you're working inside of a company and you just have to be there. So I don't have a great answer for that. I'm going to give my two cents on this because I work with people trying to attain freedom, financial freedom all the time. The biggest mistake I see people making when they're trying to create another source of income, whether I'm going to use the example of network marketing because that's what I'm familiar with, but even in the case of online business or anything like that, because we've done that as well, you are working in the pockets of your day. You are working in very small time frames. You're working maybe early in the morning, at lunch break, late at night. The biggest mistake I see people make is not doing income-producing activities and confusing their shuffling papers around their desk or making lists or listening to podcasts on how to do it or reading the next book or whatever thing they're doing to get the inspiration. They're confusing that with work. That's great. All right. What's the next question? All right. Well, here's the next one. And it's a good one. And it's our last one. Okay. Are you ready? Yeah. How has Rob managed to stay young despite the fact that he's old? <laughs> I think that's really funny. That better have been written by a nine-year-old girl. <laughs> no, it is written by Delanka. I'll continue on. So how has Rob managed to stay young despite the fact that he's old? So let's put that in perspective. You are not your average 51, almost 52-year-old. Okay, So let's just put that in perspective right there. Is it a learn skill or is it a family thing? He's younger than most of the 30-year-olds I know, in my opinion. I, I think it's, you know, I think it's a combination of a couple things, right? I, I think number one is I'm, I really want to give a heartfelt answer here. So I don't have any friends I don't believe that are 50 years old. I think most of my friends are 30. Your closest circle. My closest circle. 30 which, to 40. Yeah, which is nat which naturally brings me down to that sort of level, if that makes sense. I am absolutely committed to um, fitness and nutrition. I you know, there's never, you know, a week that goes by where I'm not at the gym three to five days a week for sure. I don't think that that's ever happened in the last 20 years. I don't think I've ever taken a week off ever. The nutrition I am, my wife is constantly guiding me with, um, with her company and new things that, that she's learning on how to get more micronutrients in my body and learn, you know, different hacks on how to have my body function better. And I think from an emotional standpoint, I just don't want to fucking get old. Like I just don't want to get old. And so, you know, when I look in the mirror and I see something that I don't like, I'm like, okay, what do I need to do to fix this? I don't like the way I look here. Now I've made mistakes because I look in the mirror and say, I don't like the wrinkle and got Botox and I look like, you know, a Spock. Neanderthal. <laughs> I look like Spock and that didn't work. But for the most part, I think to answer the question, 
I try and stay young at heart by surrounding myself with people. I try not to allow myself to say, I'm getting old, so this is normal. I just don't look at it that way. The moment I have a creak, I go, okay, what do I need to do to fix that creak? The moment I have some kind of age-related illness, disease, or you know something where there's a symptom of that that starts to pop up, I dive deep in because I don't want it to happen. So I am committed to remaining as youthful and as energetic as I know how without throwing the swing, the pendulum so far out of whack where, you know, I'm a vegan and I'm not going to have a glass of alcohol and I'm, you know, I'm I'm not going to stay up late and party. You know what I mean? So I'm trying to find that balance between the two. I would attribute also the work you've done on mindset and stress and spirituality and doing yoga, I think that's probably played a big role in it for you as well. Absolutely. And I, and I think before we close, um, I'm going to give you a little bit of a plug here uh, because I get questions almost every single day. I can't even keep up with all of them. They want to know what nutrition plan I'm on. Like how I created on. this. <laughs> yeah. So I'm not, even, I'm not even exactly sure what I'm on because half the time you're just walking over and giving me things saying, you need to do this. This is your lane. So for people that are listening that say, hey, I want to step up my game here. If they shoot you an email, I know you're always so gracious to help them. What is the best way for them to get a hold of you and what should they put in the subject line? Yeah, you can email me at heyjetset at gmail.com and you can just put nutrition in the subject line or you can find me on Instagram at Kim Murgatroyd. That's it, everybody. Have a great week and we will see you next week. All right, thanks for listening. If you love this episode and you know someone that needs some help in either stepping up their work hard game or their play hard game, it would mean the world to me if you shared this podcast with them to help me get this movement out there. So if you like what you heard, head on over to iTunes, take 30 seconds and leave me a five-star review and I will be forever grateful. So until the next episode, excuses are over. It's time to live.